0: This podcast is brought to you by Harness Racing New South Wales.
1: It's good times all round at Harness Racing across New South Wales as the state's finest horses and drivers go wheel to wheel. With something for everyone, a trip to the trots is the perfect place to take family and friends. It's easy, affordable, and action-packed, so get down to your local track and experience it firsthand get all the info at harnessmediacenter.com.au and we'll see you at the track for good times all round Now this is segment two of our podcast interview with top trainer driver bernie hewitt who last season uh, completed his most successful season ever with 118 wins in new south wales Byrne, you had the opportunity on one occasion to spend some time with one of your heroes, the legendary trainer Vic Frost, and you've never forgotten that experience.
0: No, that's right, uh, John. Um, that was back when I was still um, just freshly out of school and um, we got to know Vic quite well. Dad Dad had sent a few horses down to Vic when, when the Crookal winters hit, and um, mm. Learning King Rancho was one of those horses, and we um, got to know Vic. Uh, really well, and um, and um, I was sort of down there doing a bit of bit of work uh, in between, um, you know, when I left school and when I was shearing and that type of thing, and um, yeah, spent a fair fair bit of time down there in different different stages, and um, did quite a bit of uh, the weaning work there because Dick was doing a fair bit of breeding, and also the breaking in and so forth, so and and obviously the training and going to the races. And and often, um, you know, I remember the first time I took their goose to Harold Park. From, you know, it was Margaret and I, and um, and that was a bit of a bit of a uh, situation because I wasn't used to driving goose next through the, the peak traffic into Harold Park. But anyway, we we managed to get in there and out okay. So um, yeah, it was quite an eye opener and experience for really. me.
1: Your dad, Tom, who died about ten years ago, must have been quietly chuffed. That all three of his sons chose harness racing as a career, and all three have succeeded.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we're all sort of um, all, all um, had various uh, levels. Um, Mark went out to the Central and um, bought a sheep property out there, and, and always did his horses. And later on, um, they, he sold the property and just to concentrate on the horses. He was he was also shearing at the time, and he was having back issues and. It, it was a situation where he probably couldn't keep shearing anyway, so um, he was always very, very good at the horses, so he come back to Grenfell then and, and just uh, concentrated on, you know, a 10 to 12-horse team. Does a lot of breaking in for various trainers uh, throughout the state and does a remarkable job with them. Um, the Mark's had quite a deal of success and, and win a, um, you know, two or three Group 1 races himself, so he's, he's done a really good job from a limited team. And then Dave moved to Goulburn and married Marie Day and they uh, they set up in Goulburn and, and Dave and his boys are having a terrific run in there. And there again, Dave's had quite a, a lot of winners over the years and recently had a Group 1 winner at the Breeders Challenge Day um, this year. So, mm. And then I, I'd come to Bathurst and um, and Jen settled it bigger with, with Grant doing the sheep and and, of course, the horses had to be part of that as well.
1: Your dad had an expression, Bernie, that he used often, and you've never forgotten it.
0: Yeah, it was when, when we were all kids growing up, and, um, you know, we, we were always sort of. Uh, I remember we'd go to Mass on a Sunday morning, and, and one of his expressions were, you know, we'd, some of us boys would be always last to the car, and it was usually Mark, <laughs> <laughs> and he'd always say to us, Oh, the clocks hit you for six again. You, you fellas, you've got to hurry up. You know <laughs> yeah. that was one of them. And there was another one that he used to say. You know, when we were sitting around and, and talking about life in general, he always said to us, um, "The first thing you got to be able to do in life is get out of bed." And he said, "If you can mm. get out of bed and go to work, you'll never fail." So that one's really stuck with me. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, you're a trotting trainer. If you don't get out of bed. Uh, you yep. just never seem to finish, and quite often you've got to race the same night.
0: Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, but it's 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 the same thing. Like uh, with my children, and uh, you, you you can't lie in bed all day. If there's mm. work to be done, and um, you know, I think if you if you don't teach children to be able to get up and work and fend for themselves, well, you know, it, it is a hard battle. They tend to get a bit lazy. I think so. Um, mm. Yeah, it's always stuck with me. That saying.
1: Now, your move to Bathurst was prompted by a proposal from well-known owner-breeder Peter Neal, who's been a very big investor in the game. And you had a lot of success in Peter's well-known red and green colours.
0: Yeah, Peter uh, approached me yeah a lot of years ago now about uh, training his team um, that he was setting up. And uh, he set up in Goulburn, Shannon Springs. And um, at that time... Uh, David and I were working at home on the farm with Dad, and and we we're at capacity, obviously in the stables. I think we had about 22 stables there, and uh, you know, training some out of yards and paddocks. And and I thought about it and sort of said to Kath, if uh, if we were to do this, we probably wouldn't be able to uh, do it justice by staying here. We'd be uh, we'd have to go and build another heap of stables and so forth. And mm-hmm. and it was a fair way to our closest meetings. You know, it was an hour, and, hour and 20 or hour and 40 to to uh, Canberra and Young and those sort of places so we talked it over with mum and dad and, and decided to uh, to give it a go over at Bathurst because they raced every week and um, so I said to Peter we'd do it and uh, you know it was quite a, a big move for the family, all, all the kids were pretty small and mm-hmm. Jason was just about to, to start high school but the other two are still in primary school mm-hmm bug and gem. So um yeah, we decided to do it and Dad was obviously a bit worried that, you know, if things didn't work out that, you know, it might have been a bad decision for us because, you know, you just never know what's gonna happen around the corner. But anyway, we we searched for a property here for ages. We rented off Jimmy and Jenny Turnbull for um for about six months and um ended up finding this property here at George's Plain on the market and um and secured that and uh, started the build and um you know, and, and try and make a, the business work. Um, yeah, so it's, it took quite a, a while to this day. But but then later on, um, Peter, Peter uh, and Mari wanted to uh, have their horses sort of trained by you know sole trainers for, mm-hmm. for the, their trainer. And I still had family people involved, and it was it was getting a little bit difficult. So we, we it was a mutual decision that we sort of um, separated and went our other way. Whereas. Uh, we, we could train whatever horses, and, um, and Peter and Julie uh, bought another property here at Bathurst and um, and set up out on the Oberon side of town, so um, mm. it's all worked on pretty well for both of us.
1: Mm. Well, you found that place at George's Plains, which was a 90-acre holding. It had been a loosened farm, burn. There had never been a horse on the property.
0: Yeah, they, I, I yeah, it was a loosened farm, but um, yeah, there was a couple of. I think he had a couple of stock horses here or pleasure riding horses at the time, because um, mm. um, but yeah, basically wasn't a, a horse property at all. It was nearly all just down to loosen and uh, and pasture. So um, and the guy that I bought it off, uh, he used to just have contractors come in and uh, do all his work. I think they had a, a lease on it at a different time. So yeah it was a, it was a nice, uh, nice holding and, um, and honestly I didn't think we'd ever be able to secure it but um, yeah we, we ended up sort of um, getting it and um, you know it's been a, a 20 years in the making but we nearly sort of uh, nearly got it all paid off and um, mm. because along the way we spent a lot of money with trucks and, and you know stables and fencing and so forth so um, yeah it's been a bit of a battle but we're getting there.
1: You've got two tracks on the place, Burn—a fast work track and a jog track—and I believe a very good swimming facility.
0: Yeah, it's all it's all come in. We've only put the pool in a couple of years ago now. Um, it's been—it's been, uh, it's been a, a great for us. I think, especially through this time of year, when we're doing this early work on them, to get them fit and, and tighten them up. Um, some years uh, they come in quite heavy out after the spells, Not so. Much this year with the drought on, um, they're just coming in in pretty good order. But um, it all helps, I think, all the different aspects of being able to you know, just condition the horses. So, um, yeah, no, it, it all seems to be working quite well.
1: You're not a trainer to keep pushing horses around year after year. If a horse hasn't shaped up, say, by age three, you tend to move them on and make way for a new batch of young ones. And you break in... A large number of yearlings for yourself and outside clients.
0: Yeah, that's right, John. Like um, most years, we broker it, you know, anywhere from sort of um, twenty to twenty-five uh, yearlings in, and um, obviously there's nutrition right there. Some of them don't sort of look like they're going to shape up, or they're, uh, you know, not not uh, ready for it. So they obviously go back to the paddock. But we always sort of try to get some of the young ones up. And going and um, and look for the better type of horse that can you know race in the classic races um, and and normally you know a lot of the horses we move on as three and four year olds have often got a lot of racing left in them um, so you know all the education and that uh, goes into them but um, the trouble is you can't sort of do both the more you hang on to them mm-hmm. uh, the less you can do at the other end so we we try to cater for the young ones coming through all the time and and look for that better quality horse, you know.
1: Mm. You target the Bathurst Gold Crown Carnival every year with Colts and Phillies, and after three placings in Gold Crown finals, you finally cracked it with College Chapel last year. College Chapel has won 10 from 21 so far. Where is he, burning?
0: Uh He's still spelling at the moment. He had a bit of an injury um, at the end of his, his last prep. Um so we we put him out and he's going to have about six months off. Um, I'm hoping to have him back in and name him at the, the new um, million-dollar race that's coming up in uh, May next year. Mm. Um, so I thought if we give him a good spell now, um, the better chance he is of coming back without that injury flaring up again. So mm. I've been in no rush to get him up at this stage. And at the moment, he's just up the road here, uh, spelling at um, the Spelling Farm on the Lagoon Road. So... Yeah. Um, he looks terrific, so uh, hopefully hopefully, all holds up with him. And, um, you know, I'd love to – I think he can compete at a good level because he's, he's a very strong and fast horse. So hopefully everything goes well with him.
1: Is the prognosis all right, Bernie? What was his problem?
0: Uh, he had a bit of a suspensory problem. Mm. Um, they didn't think it was uh, super bad. Uh, but as you know and most, most people know, with any sort of suspensory uh, leg problems they – they are a, a risky one, so um, hence I'm not keen to get him in too quick and, and go mm. too hard at him. So um, we just want to give him this good six months off and um, you know have him re-scanned again and see how how it's uh, repairing. So hopefully um, hopefully it, it all repairs well and we can uh, get him back to the races and uh, compete at a high level again.
1: One of the best fillies you've trained is Read About Lexie who was, for a short time, Australia's fastest ever two-year-old filly when she went 154.6 at Manangal. She went better than that at three when she went 153.5 in the Wraith Memorial. You took her to Melbourne for the Victorian Oaks. She was brilliant winning a heat and then disaster struck.
0: Yeah, that's right. She she won with a head on on her chest that day and um, she was just running super quarters and and doing it herself, she was in peak form but um unfortunately um she came up with a suspensory problem and um it was gonna kind of, it was a tricky one because it it actually pulled a little bone off uh, near a joint mm. and um they the vets, yeah, Christine Smith said, you know, it, it was probably impossible to try and get her back. Um, she was always gonna be paddock sound, but um, you know, to be able to, to race at that level again wasn't gonna be a factor, so um Lex decided straight away that he'd put her in foal, and, um, and yeah, that's where that's where we're up to. So we're, she's back mm. to the breeding barn now.
1: Now, uh, Bernie, I know you were pretty excited about her prospects in the final of the Victoria Oaks that year. She'd have been very hard to beat. She was flying, wasn't she?
0: Yeah, yeah, no, there's no doubt about that. But um, you know, I think she would have. I think she might have been installed favourite straight away after the heat win. So. Mm. But uh, you know that's the way it goes, and um, everyone in in the game knows you. You know, you, disaster can be just around the corner. You just don't know when it's going to strike. You know.
1: Mm. What a bonnie mare was Royal Story, fifteen wins and eighteen placings. She won her Group One, thank goodness, in 2017, the three-year-old fillies' Breeders' Challenge Final at Monangle, and you beat a very smart filly that day. And don't think twice. Who'd won the gold tiara the year before
0: yeah that's right that was a it was a great challenge there because don't think twice was going so much uh, you know really taking all before her and um she uh, she um was favored for that race and um my mayor had, had led up in that race and um uh, Jason had come up beside her you know swinging for home in the in the, uh, the group one and um I think Jay sort of thought he had my mare covered and was looking over his right shoulder. And meanwhile, we just had that little kick left, to, enough to get back to, you know, a head in front of her. And it was a great duel all the way up the straight there in that race. And uh, and luckily, Royal Story ended up uh, prevailing to, to win that race. So it was a great thrill.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm going back a bit here, but I can remember you running second one year in a Breeders' Crown final in Melbourne. I think it might have been at Bendigo in this particular year. You ran second with Operative Lopez and you got to within a metre of a very good filly called Self-Denial, uh, who'd been very dominant as a two- and three-year-old. Most other years you would have won that final. You were a bit stiff to run into Self-Denial. It was very, very good.
0: Yeah, like that That was that was a terrific race for us too. Um, uh, Kath and I own that mare with um, my sister Jenna and, and Grant Picker. Mm. And... Um, she would. She was really a, a mayor that we really loved. She was a bit bit hot-headed early, but um, she did a great job for us. And when we took her down there, we were, we were more hopeful than anything that we could, um, you know, compete and make the Group One final. And she not only did that, but she nearly took out the final as well. And I remember get after the euphoria of it all. We come back to the stables, and I arrived back at the stables, and we were, we were quite excited. And I said to Grant at the time, I said. Um, I said Grant what was the margin anyway mm-hmm. and he looked at me he said about 82,000 <laughs> 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 the difference between first and second they Oh was yeah massive so I'll never forget that bit of a quote so it was quite funny but it was only mm-hmm. about a yeah meter or neck or something so yeah. yeah she went terrific
1: For your wife Kathy it's been a case of if you can't beat them join them because your sons Jason and Doug have done very well in the sulky and your daughter, Gemma, wife of Matt Roo, is a very capable trainer in her own right. Doug will be doing all the driving, I presume, for the next couple of weeks till you get over your aches and pains.
0: Yeah, that's right, Doug. He's doing a great job and he's been back full-time here at the stables now for about two years. Um, yeah, so he did all the job at driving on this week, Um since so I've been hurt, and um, and Jason has got his licence back uh, recently, and and had been driving before the end of last season, and uh, he'll be called upon next week as well. So, mm. Jason did a lot of the work when we had the um, when he left school and we were training for Peter and Murray Neil, and uh, he drove a lot of winners back in those days, and was you know. The main reason they were doing so well, and it, with with Peter and Murray's horses, we we're, were actually mm. uh, winning a lot of races. So um, Jason's very adept to, to driving as well. So mm. um, yeah, all, all going good. Uh, both the boys will be doing a bit of driving now.
1: Jason gave it away for a while, didn't he?
0: Yes, he did. He's been uh, he's been doing numerous different work, and um, he works for John Holland now on the railway at the moment. So he was always looking for a job that. Uh, They'd paid really well, and then he could always do the horses as a sideline. So it's worked really well for him. He's uh, been very well educated in different fields like that, and um, he got all his tickets to drive all sorts of machinery, so he'd get a job anywhere he'd want to. Um, At the moment, he's contemplating um, even looking further. And and, um, recently, I think he's going to, the most recent thing is he might be doing um, a job in Queensland for Grant Dixon. As number one farrier, so mm. he's uh, doing a real good job up there. I think uh, Cremo's starting to uh, step back a little bit, so, um, yeah, he's looking for a, a new challenge again, so it's all, all going good.
1: No shortage of horses at Grant Dixon's joint?
0: No, no, I can, my back's starting to ache even just thinking about that job. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Well,
1: <clears throat> you've got about 35 in work at the moment, including a number of two-year-olds. Are any of the young ones getting you in a bit
0: yeah yeah Those, you know it's one of those things um you go through all their education period from you know what way back in january february right through to now and um i don't think too much changes with them the ones that break in good these are the ones that end up pretty good and um mm. there, there is some slower ones that come a bit later on but um know, yeah, there's always some some that come a bit later and surprise you but the ones that i that I broke in earlier on, um, yeah. You well, know, a lot of them are showing me a lot at this stage, but hmm. I haven't put the, the foot to the pedal, as I said. But, no. um, it, you know, their education's good. I'm hoping that, um, you know, later November we can um, we can trial some of those and educate them so they're ready to race um, when the season starts in January.
1: Well, let's test your judgment. Pick one of them out.
0: Um, well, we've got a lovely Colt Ballast. A no, Better's Delight cult here out of, um, what's the mayor's name? Phil Thurston's mayor. Um, got, got me straight away. Not uh,
1: become... Perfezioni? No, no. Brad no. um,
0: Hewitt had it Yeah, I while.
1: remember it too, yeah. I, she I won a decent race at Menangle one day. I can't think of a name either. Anyway, it's a cult. We, we've got to look for a Better's Delight cult, which you are training. You'll be the trainer yeah uh, when the two-year-old does he looks like he'll make a two- year- old does he
0: yes yeah he's a big strong cult um you know and and he's very he's very close in front but I don't think he's going to have a knee knee issue as far as hitting a knee but he's very close mm. but um I'm not too worried about that um, once you get onto the bigger tracks he uh, you know I'm pretty sure he's going to be straight enough through not to worry himself um so he's probably the pick of them at the moment but there's a lot of them there around. Oh, you know, there's, there's probably more fillies than and colts at the moment in work. So, um, mm. you know, it's just one of those things. Another month or six weeks, I'll I'll be more confident in, in, in tipping you on. That's for sure.
1: Well, Bernie, it's been a great journey for four decades, during which time you've blossomed into one of the best trotting horsemen in the business. You'll continue to break in and try young horses as you've always done And I hope it's not too much longer before the horse of your dreams suddenly emerges. Thanks for your time, mate, and uh, look forward to seeing you back in the sulky.
0: Good on you. Thanks, John.
1: No worries. And this podcast was produced by Supernova Sound.